Good morning. It's 9.30 on Monday, the 11th of May, 2020. This is Tsunami Monday. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Indeed it is, listeners. We are live across the planet and welcome to show number 33. This is our eighth week. You'd think we'd be absolutely brilliant at it and we so are. We have artists aplenty. It's a cracking week as well. For the first time, we've published the whole week on the website. So if you go to radioblogging.net, everything is there just underneath the player with all of the guests. Now we're keeping you in suspense for Thursday's guest du jour. More of that later. It's a mystery guest. Can't say anything with sworn to secrecy it's going to be good you're going to absolutely love it it's an incredible show we have for you and we'd like to hear from you today so on email we are radioblogging at gmail radioblogging at gmail.com you can text me on 07624 802272 that's the studio text number and i've got one already in thank you so much you started early thank you 07624 802272 four of us in our respective places uh in our studios and it's time to say hello to the good professor there good morning ian rocky oh good morning russell how are you we are good and we had a lovely show yesterday our sunday all request show did you enjoy that i certainly did love a bit of larking around on a sunday afternoon with a few tunes couldn't get any better could it it could not get any better and ian and i are back with you this friday at 2 15 for our smooth introduction to the weekend do join us for that as well deputy mitchell is also here in his fabulous studio how are you david Good morning, Russell. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, very excited this week. We've got we've got great guests, haven't we? We're starting with Emma Carroll this morning, and then we have David Almond on Friday, finishing the week. Can't wait. Very excited. It's a good lineup, and now to meet the man who is responsible for that. He's so well connected, listeners. It's Mr. Pie Corbett. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is RadioBlogging.net. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm very excited this morning because I've got my Christmas socks on, which uh, and they had discovered that the flashing reindeer nose is still working. How's that? Fantastic stuff. So, yeah, up early. Uh, as you know, uh, the young master has to get off to the care home to look after his uh, his elderly and get that tea trolley round so that everybody's up and ready for the day and uh, ph- phoned aged aunt i love to do do that have to keep in touch with the aged aunt because she lives on her own but she does have crispy and crunchy who as you know russell often misbehave themselves um doing a runner in the garden digging bones up or i don't know what they get up to and then they love to come in so there's at the bottom of the gardens the stream they play in the stream they do this on a regular basis covered in mud and then they come inside and they're all so cheery and happy and they wag their big tails. And of course, mud flies everywhere. But all good this morning on the aged aunt front. She's fine. Uh, the fridge has got food in it. She's been chatting to neighbours, uh, uh, socially distanced, but has been chatting to neighbours, which is great because it's always good to clock in with uh, our elderly people, people on their own. So all, all very, very good. And we've got a bit of sunlight here. It's one of those nice... Uh, days where you've, we've got some blue sky, we've got some clouds, a little bit of sunlight, and 
as David would say, what a week. Emma Carroll with us today. Uh, the first book that I read of Emma's was that marvellous, marvellous book, Letters from the Lighthouse. Such an exciting read. Uh, Mums and dads and teachers, if you've not read Letters from the uh, Lighthouse, Emma Carroll, start with that one. It's an absolute corker. It's a belter. If you were an Enid Blyton fan as a kid, if you like stories with strong female leading, uh, it's got everything you require. It's got a missing sister. It's got drama. It's got codes. It's got a lighthouse. It's got a dog. It's got dodgy people. It has everything. It's an absolute belter. And today she's reading from her new book, The Somerset Tsunami. More of that uh, in a moment. And then tomorrow we've got Burley Doherty. Um, who's reading from Street Child, which most primary children will have had a Victorian story, marvellous story, and she's a fabulous writer, written so much. Then we've got the Welsh writer Catherine Fisher, um, who is one of my favourite authors. Not so well known, um, which is sad because she is such a fine writer, so I'm really happy to introduce uh, everybody to her. Thursday really excited for that not saying anything yet probably be able to say something tomorrow and on friday the great david armand uh, what a week it cannot get better so i think that having said all of that and got excited about it i think we are ready for the next uh, thing that we do i know emma is um is with us so um uh, and listening in. So, Emma, good morning to you. The first thing we do, and those of you who've not joined us before, we always start with a couple of games. Now, you can play these games in twos or threes or fours, or if you've got 10 pe people in the class, you can pass them or pass it round the uh, circle, or you can play on your own or using your notebook, uh, jotting ideas down. So, Professor, are you ready for a slice of pie? Oh, Dr. Pa Dr. Corbett, I am always ready for a slice of pie. Let's play. Okay, so um, I do. Ha I am a doctor, yes. Uh, I'm actually a doctor twice over, so I'm a doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. Uh, <laughs> so, let's start. And as I say, you can play this one at, uh, at home on your own if... Uh, uh, if you're in that situation, that's fine. We're going to do it, um, obviously, in a pair, and we're going to do an adverb game. Now, the big question is, which adverb? We're going to do ones at the front of the sentences. Those are technically known as fronted adverbials. But let's not worry too much about that. Let's play the game. So, Creative Games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Okay, so um, let's do slowly. So what we've got to think of is lots of things that are slow. And uh, there's a poet called James Reeves who wrote a poem like this. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, do you want to start or shall I? You could start. Yeah, please do. Okay, yeah. So I've got to think of something slow. So I'm going to go. Oh, sorry, I keep thinking about mice and they tend not to be very slow. Ah, slowly, the slow worm slithered through the grass as bronze as brass very nice slowly i struggle to become awake slowly the bus trundles up the road groaning as it shudders along slowly the tortoise creeps towards a lettuce leaf hungry Slowly, the computer turns itself on, its inner workings whirling. 
slowly the hands of the Victorian grandfather clock tick by. Slowly the snail slithers along the wet path, leaving a silvery trail behind. Slowly uh, my chest rises and falls with each passing breath. Slowly, my brain works because I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a bus pass. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I think children at home, you're going to do better than that. You've got to have a list of slow things and then try and extend the sentence. You could hear how Ian and I were saying them quite slowly because your brain has to think of the ideas and construct the sentence. You might want to take, I don't know, half a minute uh, just to jot down a list of slow things and then do the sentences. Right. Now, today we're thinking a lot about memory, using memory, using history, using memory as part of our writing, things that have happened to us in this instance. So we're going to do the I remember game um, uh, Ian, okay. uh, and it could be I remember things that you've seen, heard, touched, tasted or smelled. So I'm going to dive back into my past. Um, I remember in the bathroom we had red curtains with boats on them. OK, I remember uh, tasting the sweetness of my mum's bread and butter pudding. You don't forget that pie. No, we never had that. That's I'm. Yeah, I've got I've got bread and butter envy coming on. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Um, I I remember. Sorry, I'm just slightly put off. I see Gerald the Mouse has tweeted something. Anyway, concentrate. I remember uh, when I was a kid, the milk van. Do do you remember milk vans? I do. Yeah, Yeah. the the milkman used to come along. And you could hear him putting the milk bottles, the chink of the milk bottles on the front door. And he'd make his way up the road, up the street. So that's one of my big memories. I remember hearing the milk bottles. And then if you went down in the morning, sometimes the blue tits would have pecked. Yes. Top of the cap. Yeah. The top and and drank the cream so that's a big memory what's your next memory my next memory actually um in a house that we i i grew up in i always remember in autumn time when it was a bit damp smelling the damp stone of the fireplace mm. yeah yeah we had downstairs we were i was one of five boys and um we were in a two up two down and mm. uh, we spent most of our time in the kitchen because the sitting room was there for posh mm. but we didn't know anyone posh <laughs> so we never went in there it had horrible green furniture and it smelled damp. We never went in the place. It was, um, yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was, the stone always got a bit damp when the weather outside was a bit damper. It was interesting. Uh, yeah. I remember um, we had lots of cats and I remember the way they used to hiss and spit if another one came into its uh, territory. And they used to sleep in odd cupboards and under beds. And sometimes they got on top of the cooker and would sit in a saucepan on the cooker Obviously, the cooker wasn't on, but it was warm, uh, and they'd curl up in a saucepan. Their little heads would poke up. Mm. I, I tell you, a really strong memory for me is the earthy, smelling the earthy scent um, when I took my football boots off after a match. Oh, uh, yeah. On the bottom. Mm. I remember um, thinking about the kitchen, really, because we did a lot in there. I remember the way the cats used to scratch the table legs. 
And uh, over my, I mean, my mother died a while ago now, but over the years, every time I went there, those table legs got thinner and thinner. And yeah. Thinner. And I kept thinking one day that table's <laughs> going to go down. Go. Um, I very much remember the touching the bristles of my grandfather's dartboard. He taught me how to play darts. And I remember the, but growing up and getting taller and being able to touch further up the dartboard as I got, as I got older. Oh, that's a good one. We had one of those things on the wall, I remember, where um, each year you were measured mm. and you could see yourself getting taller and taller. Though I stopped growing when I was about, I suppose I was about 13 or something. Mm. Uh, I had something wrong with my back and it didn't grow quite properly. Okay. And um, so I, I stayed at the same height, if you see what I mean, but my brothers um, got taller and taller. And I remember that that I, that worked. That didn't make me feel very happy. I can tell you. Yeah. So we got there some good, a couple of good games. Mm. We got the adverb game, Ian, that people can play. Yes. And then we've also got the memory game. And the interesting thing about talking about memories is that one memory triggers another memory. So you've got memories of uh, places you've been, holidays, special places, dens. Lots of kids have dens or. Uh, old old houses that are a bit scary or old people that they've seen or met. Uh, you've got uh, big events in your life like moving, um, um, big celebrations that you've been to, sad times, of course, happy times, funny things that have happened, times that you've got into trouble. My goodness, one's life is rich with so many memories and each one potentially is a little story. I think while these games are being played and memories being shared, I think probably, Russell, we've got time for a little musical uh, interlude. We have indeed by good game. Good game, both of you. Well done. You did very well. Both get a cymbal and, and claps there as well. Yes, time for it's Muppet Monday and there's only one track we can play. So get on with those games, guys. If you're on your own, you can write your own list down and work against yourself and play there. We're back with you after this. So play the games. They start now. <laughs> Emma Carroll and I'm the author of Somerset Tsunami. I'm going to be talking to you this week on radioblogging.net. You certainly are, Emma, and that's today as well. We've been running that trail now uh, since Sunday. It's really good. A uh, couple of texts from me. Hi, guys. Loving your work over the weeks. It's been a great for teachers to hear your... <clears throat> excuse me, and your ideas, and I'm getting all choked up now, and providing blogging CPD as well as an inspiration to children. All the best from Craig Jones, principal at Haywood Village Academy uh, at Haywood Village there in North Somerset. My goodness, isn't that beautiful? Because the whole thing is about the Somerset tsunami today. Ian, what have you got? Well, that was just planned, wasn't it? Um, Isabel, um, it's my birthday in five days. Can I have a shout out, please? Absolutely, Isabel, you can. Have a good day in five days. Jack, good morning to you. Lovely to hear from you. Sashin as well. Warren Road Primary, everyone there listening. Julia, can I have a shout out from Mrs. O'Brien from Dolphins? Thank you. Hannah, cousins Emily and Olivia in Portsmouth, listening for the first time today. We love first time listeners. Neve, big fan of Emma Carroll. So thank you for picking her as she is a fabulous author. She is. I started Letters from a Lighthouse at the weekend. It's amazing. Mrs. Murrin here at Stonewood Woodford. Very excited to hear Emma Carroll on the show. And Mrs. McCalmont, who can't wait for another amazing show with their favourite authors. More shout-outs to come later. Pi, over to you. Great. Um, I always get my feet tapping when the music comes on. I love that moment. You know that. Now, those of you who have not been on before, at the end of each show, there's an opportunity to uh, write 
craft, practice, and then record uh, a, a piece of writing. And yes, uh, not yesterday. What day are we now? We're Monday. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh, it was on Friday. Uh, we were looking at poetry. I, w- I want thir- thir- was it th- Oh, my God. It was Thursday. <laughs> oh, dear. I need to retire. I tell you, I can't go on anymore. Oh, dear. We were doing I Want to Paint, weren't we? And I know, Russell, that you've got some because I was listening to them uh, over the weekend, some wonderful little performances of I Want to Paint poems. Absolutely lovely. Kitty and Dad is back. Now, Dad is just so talented. We love the accents from Dad. If you're listening, Dad, get in contact. We think you have got a fabulous talent. And if you're not already on the stage, you so should be. I Want to Paint by Kitty. A squirrel leaping from tree to tree. A bear guzzling honey. A bird singing its tuneful song. A whale swimming through the ocean. I want to paint, I want to paint, I want to paint without restraint. An actor miming, hello, I am Simon. A girl giggling with glee. A dad singing, opera. An elephant saying yippee! I, I want, want to, to paint, paint, I want to paint, paint I want to paint without restraint. A camel in the desert. A businesswoman at work. A glove being held in a hand. A dove by the shore. I want, I want to, to paint, paint, I want to paint, paint I want to paint without restraint. restraint. What will I paint next? Maybe a film with special effects. <laughs> We love that. Do you like that pie? I love that. I love the voices. I love the excitement. You can tell they're both really enjoying it. And uh, I love the rhythm, the little chorusy bits. Well done, Kitty and Dad. Fantastic stuff. What else have you got lined up? This is Krista, and this is her first time on the show. I Want to Paint by Krista. I want to paint a sly snake. I have to paint a torturing tortoise. I need to paint a wiggling one. I want to paint. I have to paint. I need to paint. It is my fate. I want to paint the colours of the wind. I have to paint a fiction to flies. I need to paint the flurry of snow. I want to paint. I have to paint. I need to paint. It is my fate. I want to paint the wings from dragon made from embers and pixie dust. I have to paint a dream like no other and I need to paint pebbles from a sugar beach. I want to paint. I have to paint. I need to paint. It is my fate. I want to paint. I love to paint. I need to paint. I love to paint. I need to paint. It is my fate. Definitely we've got a painter there, haven't we? We have, and I love the way she invented her chorus, It Is My Fate. In other words, I have to do this. It's like writing and telling stories. It, it's, it's just something you have to do if you're that way inclined. Uh, so it is her fate. I love that. Yeah, great. I loved it when you slowed down for the chorus. I thought that was uh, a really good little contrast you got. Yeah. Going. And you got one more for us. I so. have indeed. Now, this is Louis and Jack and they're a late entry. And thanks very much to Dad because he wrote us a little note alongside that to explain uh, why they were late. And we completely understand. And we're with you, so don't worry. This is Louis and Jack. <laughs> I want to draw 
the sky shimmering splendidly, the twisted trees towering, and the flames flickering furiously. I want to draw, I want to draw, I want to draw, till I can no more. I want to draw an elegant flamingo relaxing, a serval coiled ready to leap, and a colossal blue whale breaching. I want to draw, I want to draw, I want to draw, till I can no more. I want to draw a well made from the happiest dreams, a blanket made from the laughter of children, and a mirror made from the trail of a shooting star. I want to draw, I want to draw, I want to draw, till I can no more. I want to draw a vault of lies, a museum of emotions, and a theatre of admiration. I want to draw, I want to draw, I want to draw, till I can no more. I want to draw the breeze moving through the leaves like the quietest whisper, a stream meandering like a serpent's tail, and a spider's web like the skeleton of a leaf. I want to draw, I want to draw, I want to draw, till I can no more. What a double act. That was fantastic, wasn't it? And I love the way they really thought about it. So the first verse was alliteration, um, which I really enjoyed. Then it went on to animals. Then it went on to things made from. I think it was a, a, a mirror made from the trail of a shooting star. And then we had the vault of lies, the theater of admiration. So it was a pattern to each um, each verse and that lovely well-paced chorus my goodness that was an absolutely fantastic piece of writing well done both of you marvelous stuff and now we have um, got ourselves into the program and we are more than ready now to move across so i better talk this through because i know that emma is listening emma you will be on if you go to the menu at the very top of the page you will be on today's show and you can see if you drop down a little bit, it says welcome to Tsunami uh, Monday. And just below that, um, it says Emma Carroll response. So what we do is we're going to click on there and up comes some grass. And you can see in the bottom right hand corner, a pink blob with a plus mark on it. Click on that and up comes a little box. Now, this is where you can write and this is where all the children can write. And what we're going to do now in a moment, Emma is going to uh, do the reading from Somerset Tsunami. And we're all going to sit and listen. And when you're sitting and listening, everybody be thinking about <clears throat> imagining it, going into it, settle down, concentrate uh, deeply so that you can really see and hear the story inside your mind. And then we're going to give a response to Emma. So in order to do that, where it says title, I write my name, Pi. I mean, you drop the cursor down to where it says write something. But I can't write anything yet because I haven't heard the um, the particular reading. So in there, I will write a response. I'll write about things, perhaps something that I liked about it, maybe uh, a puzzle, a thing that it made me wonder. I might take a sentence or a phrase out and just write that down because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well crafted. I might ask the author a question. I might predict what I think is going to happen next. And as, 
as she's reading from the middle of the book, I might say what I think has happened up to that point. I might write in, I don't know, something that I would say to the characters, a bit of advice. So all sorts of possibilities. It's very, very open. But Emma, it's very interesting when the children write up there because you're going to get a direct response to your reading. I think we're ready for Emma Carroll. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Emma Carroll. I'm the author of Letters from the Lighthouse, which is a book some of you may have heard of, um, and Secrets of the Sun King, as well as quite a few others. I write historical fiction mainly. That's, um, that's a little bit of a, a specialty of mine, I guess. And I um, also tend to write quite a lot about, about girls taking charge of situations, which I think is quite an important message. Um, and boys are in my stories as well. So it's not they're, not they're definitely not just for girls, but I do tend to have female main characters quite a lot. So I am going to be reading you today from my latest book, which is called The Somerset Tsunami. Now, I've been advised to not give you any spoilers in this story, but I think the title kind of gives you a little bit of a hint of what this story is going to be about. It's based on um, a real-life incident that happened in Somerset in the 17th century where uh, a, a big wave came up the Bristol Channel and flooded inland into parts of Somerset and Gloucestershire and Wales and killed over 2,000 people. So that's a lot of people. It was a very tragic event. Um, and some geologists have recently um, been doing some research into this flood and have come up with this theory that it was actually a tsunami uh, based on the way that eyewitness accounts tell us the sea behaved on the day of the flood. So this for me was a classic thing for a story. It's like, oh, off we go then, let's get started. This is, you know, a, a tsunami in my home county. Um, what would that have been like to see? What would that have been like to have been around for? And so just to give you a bit of context then, um, the, the chapter I'm going to read to you is actually um, about 120 pages in. It's chapter 16, and it's when the tsunami actually strikes. Now, again, I'm not giving you a spoiler there. The title actually tells you this story is going to have a tsunami in it. And just so you know what's happened previously, my main character is a girl called Fortune. She's the one telling the story. She's on the beach looking for a boy called Ellis, who's gone missing and she works at his house now ellis has a sister called susanna susanna is on the beach with her little baby sister b and mr spicer who's a bit of a bit of an interesting character to put it mildly is susanna's father and he is rather interested in witchcraft okay so that's where we are they're looking for ellis and suddenly they look up and see that something's happening to the sea off we go the waves were breaking on the beach but with none of their usual rhythm, no in and out. They were overlapping each other, spilling sideways as if the whole ocean was contained in a pan and someone had given it a shake. The sight was strange enough to silence us. Bewildered, we hurried down to the shoreline where the water swirled around our ankles. So eerily like the sea in Susanna's latest cruel work, it made me suddenly afraid. B, who'd been woken by our raised voices, started to cry. Hey there, Susanna murmured, resting her hand tenderly on Bee's head. I wondered if the soothing was meant for all of us. Stranger still was how the sea retreated, which it did very suddenly, all at once. I waited for waves to roll in again, expected it, like a breath following another. But the sea kept shrinking down the beach, going further away from us until it was just a line of silver on the horizon. 
It must be the spring tide, I said. What of an explanation. Mr. Spicer shook his head. No, I've never seen a spring tide retreated this manner. Storm surge, then, Susanna suggested. Whatever it is, the sea can't just vanish. Yet it had. I'd seen it happen with my very own eyes. Where the sea had been was now grey, sodden sand. A whole great stretch of it pitted with little pools. Rocks that had been hidden underwater were dripping in the bright sunshine. And all the time, the tide carried on, draining away like an empty and washed up. In all my days of gazing at the sea, I'd never seen it behave so oddly. Nor had I ever seen Mr. Spicer so animated. He was pacing up and down, just like Ellis did when some new idea had seized him, and he couldn't keep still. This must be an act of God! A punishment for our transgressions. Yes, I do believe that what this is, a sign from above that our work needs to be done. What are you talking about? I didn't hold my tongue. It's the sea. It doesn't follow our bidding. Mr. Spicer, already lost to his own theory, kicked off his shoes and strode across the newly wet sand. Within minutes, he was easily 60 yards out, small as a flea against the empty seabed that stretched in all directions. Perhaps he'd keep walking until he reached Wales on the other side. I hoped he and his poisonous ideas would stay there too. There must be a storm coming, Susanna said firmly. We'd best go back to the house and more Mistress Bagwell. What about Ellis? Still certain Ellis, wherever he is, is a long way from here by now. He's getting cold. The storm idea was certainly a better explanation than Mr Spicer's. The tides had been thrown out by the weather and we'd do best to return to Barrow Hall, pull the shutters and wait it out. But I didn't believe it. How could there be a storm about to arrive when the sky was clear blue and cloudless? There wasn't so much as a breath of wind. Everything was very still, very hushed. I realised what was missing then. Dulls. Normally you'd hear them shrieking, You'd see them, too, hovering above a fishing boat or swooping low over the water. You'd catch a flash of white, a yellow beak, a frog-spawn eye. Today, though, there wasn't a single gull in the sky. It was as if they kept away on purpose because they knew something wasn't right. When we turned for the house, I saw them. They were crowding onto a thorn tree, but there wasn't space for them all. So the tree was alive with beaks and flapping wings. Queerer still was the wall of Barrow Hall on which more gulls sat like soldiers on guard. I'd seen swallows do something similar at the tail end of summer, but this felt eerie and wrong. I had a sudden overwhelming sense then, an ice cold dread that something very terrible was about to happen. What are the birds doing? Susanna asked. They were watching something out of sea, I realised, and we both turned to discover what it was. The bank of dirty brown grey cloud on the horizon was coming towards us, billowing like smoke from damp wood. It was moving too fast for a sea fog. Instinct made me step further up the beach. B was getting heavier and wrigglier. My back ached from holding her. I wasn't sure if I could for much longer. We should go warned. What we'd assumed was fog or smoke was actually sea spray. The sunlight caught it, made it shimmer and glisten. 
It was almost beautiful until I saw the sea beneath rising up and how fast everything seemed to be happening. A mountain of deepest blue getting higher and higher with no sign of breaking. Suddenly there seemed to be more sea than sky. Run! Screamed. Hi, I'm Emma Carroll and I'm the author of Somerset Tsunami. I'm going to be talking to you this week on radioblogging.net. Oh, run. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was fantastic reading. The Somerset Tsunami, really scary. Now, if we go back to the response pamphlet, all the children who have been uh, with us for a long time will be writing responses, Emma, and posting them up. I've written, I love the phrase frog spawn eye. I thought that was uh, beautifully um, depicted. And then I wrote, I love the way the tension builds and you built build the picture it should be built the picture let's change that through the main character's eyes and thoughts will ellis be okay and then in order to post it i click somewhere else on the grass and it now says awaiting approval and david mitchell deputy mitchell will be seeing everything that is being written everything that is written on the padlets is double checked and then they go up the reason why we reread it is <clears throat> Sometimes we get very excited when we're doing uh, our writing and we forget um, simple little things like spellings, um, capital letter, full stop, etc. So what we always do is we write our ideas up and then we reread them, then we post them. But even if you make a mistake, you can hover, hover the cursor over and I can see there there's a little uh, pencil has appeared and I can do some uh, editing. So uh, the children now will be writing their responses um, up and uh, in order to see those, Emma, you have to go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net. Look along to the right and there is the refresh semicircle with an arrow. Click on that and you refresh the page and then up will come. And already we've got 15, oh, 20, 30 things that people uh, have been uh, writing. And if you want to respond to those now or later on, that would be great. I think, Russell, we're ready now, aren't we, to... Uh, had the interview uh, when you caught up with Emma and discussed uh, how she does her writing and uses notebooks and research. There we are. Lovely. And there we are indeed. Amazing. I have so many questions. Thank you so much. That was a gorgeous reading. I absolutely love that. Um, research. Where did you start with that? Because it's incredibly accurate. So there's quite a lot of information online about this historical incident. If you type in um, Somerset Tsunami, you do get lots of blogs, lots of... Um, people who've done kind of their own personal sort of research into this story. Mm. There's quite a lot of archive material out there as well. And of course, there's a brilliant uh, documentary um, that's a time watch documentary where this kind of this research that the, these two geologists did is, mm. has been made into a TV documentary about whether this was actually a tsunami or not. So I looked at all those things. I watched the, the TV um, documentary. There's also a lot of kind of you, you can see little find little snippets of people's eyewitness accounts. That, mm. that there is actually written um, accounts of um, people's experience of this flood and how the sea moved. Um, and, you know, faster than a greyhound could run was one of the, the quotes that somebody mm. phrased, quotes that stuck in my mind that someone had said about about how the sea came in very, very far. Mm. Um, so all this stuff sort of 
goes into my head a bit like a, a big melting pot, really. Um, but it's it's always the, the story that's the meat of it. It's 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 my imagination that kind of fleshes all that stuff out. So the history is, is a sort of starting point, really, rather than because um, otherwise it can be too constraining if if you're not careful and you you end up kind of writing something that feels a little bit more factual hmm. than than imaginary. And that's a, that begs another great question: um, uh, How accurate do you have to be all of the time, or can you just base it loosely on that? Um, I, to be honest, I think different historical fiction writers have different approaches to it. So some of the stuff, um, for me, so I can only talk for myself really, that some of the stuff I use, sort of, I feel has to be quite accurate. Um, because if they're kind of, uh, if they're things that are very obviously not right, then it kind of, it might sort of throw the reader a little bit. It might mm. make the reader think, well, hang on a minute. Um, you know, so, so facts or, or historical things that some people may well know or would assume to know, if you then sort of twist those too much, that can be quite confusing to people. Sure. Um, really, how I describe it is like it, it's like world building. Yes. So it's like you're making a different world and that world needs to feel authentic. So you need to. So it's all the little domestic details and the way people talk, I guess, that, that sort of brings that to life, really, rather mm. than absolute historic you know concrete historical facts so it's things like what do people eat what do they dress where mm. did they you know go to school blah, 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 mm. all that sort of stuff so um so yeah i i think it's all about being uh, creating a feeling of authenticity yes rather than necessarily you know fact checking sure if you see what I mean. Yes, I do. I do. And because, of course, lots mm. of people will have seen um, TV uh, news footage of this kind of thing and and seeing mm. all mm. and, and all to get ahead of the story at all. But, you know, they've kind mm. of seen mm. the sea come rushing in with great force. Mm. And uh, it's quite amazing, quite spectacular uh, and quite deadly yeah. as well. Quite really. Um, notebooks. Uh, how do you amass all of your observational, um, your thoughts? How do you collect all of those materials? Well, I'm actually sitting here now looking at a notebook. Um, so I am also a very big fan of of a notebook um and i have uh, every book i write has at least one notebook which is sort of the essence of the story really um and when i go into schools i often show those notebooks to children because they are very messy and quite random and they don't look anything like a work a, a book that a child might use in class to sort of do do writing in that they're, they're very much about getting ideas down and sort of capturing like i say the sort of essence of the story that the, the the ideas of where the story might go when i actually start writing things into full sentences um and plan it and that sort of thing then i go straight into a word document on my computer so so notebooks are really important to me because it's where all the kind of ingredients for the story are if you like it's like the little store cupboard of ideas um, and if I get stuck, I can kind of flip back through it and have a look. So it, it's, I think they're really, really important because they remind us that writing is a process and that you can't just sit down and expect these perfect sentences to pour out of you. You know, even before you get to the editing stage where you kind of try and improve your writing in that sense, you have to have a good idea to start with. So I think, you know, this, this, this is the stage before you even start writing where you're really giving your, your imagination a nudge and really trying to develop original ideas and unusual ideas and stories that you're excited to write, really. 
So I think notebooks are really, really important for that. They're a really important part of the writing process. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. So enjoyed that. And thank you very much for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, Emma Carroll. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Emma Carroll. And I'm the author of Somerset Tsunami. I'm going to be talking to you this week on radioblogging.net. Fantastic. And again, it's so interesting, isn't it, that we've often said uh, in school you get rushed into writing a story and there may not really be a story there. So all our writers do research. They have um, they have notebooks. They do exploratory activities. They try things out. And that is sort of the seedbed, the beginning of the process before they move into the writing. I don't think we pay enough attention to that. Uh, But we have been encouraging everybody to use notebooks. And please, uh, uh, those of you uh, at home listening, we've got so many uh, comments there for Emma to be looking through. I think she'll be a bit sort of uh, overawed by it all, really. But lots of great comments uh, up there um, on the Padlet. And do jot down any thoughts about what you're learning from the interview. Jot those down. And I think I'm right in saying that you've got a few shout outs while people jot down what we are learning as young writers from that interview. So just complete that. Russell, have you got a few shout outs? I have indeed. Before we play that, here's our trail. This is radioblogging.net. I had a car called Goat's Milk and I have a pair of trousers called Frank. Drawing on our memory is very, very useful. So let's have a go. I remember the sound of the school bell. Listeners share their writing. His warty, scaly, bulging belly was contained. Frank Cottrell Boyce, fabulous author, extraordinaire. There's also Comment Corner. One thing that we try to do here is uh, make sure that children get a global audience. Hello, this is SF Said and you are listening to radioblogging.net. That was the week that was. A text here from Edith Beer, I hope I got that right, and Nancy who are joining us for the first time today, really enjoying it so far. Thank you so much for your text message. It doesn't say who the message is from, but perhaps it's one of the three of you. Hope I got your names right and thanks for listening. We've got a lot of new first-time listeners today, Ian, haven't we? We certainly have, Russell. Yes, indeed. 13, coming up to 14 minutes past 10 this morning on Monday, the 11th of May. Welcome to Radio Blogging. You are most welcome. Sebastian, thanks for getting in touch. Would like a shout out to Zen and Douglas from Charlie. Also, Sam, governor of Stone with Woodford. Say hi to Mrs. McCalmont, Mrs. Marin, and all the Stone with Woodford children. Looking forward to another great show. This has been a fab creative writing idea that my 13-year-old son has used to develop his own writing and has had some brilliant feedback from his teacher. Many thanks. Keep going. Emily, good morning to you. Hi, Radio Blogging. Shout out for Class 3 from Oaksy Primary School. Not far away at all. My favourite author is Robin Stevens, uh, who wrote Murder Most Unladylike. Who is your favourite author, Pi? I'll get Pi to answer that shortly. He'll enjoy doing that, I'm sure. Um, A text in this morning. You are providing such a fantastic resource for home learning, gentlemen. Thank you so much. I cannot comprehend that you're not even, you haven't even been acknowledged by the powers that be. That is another story uh and another uh text here i can only conclude um that there's been a lot of indecision making that absolutely has indeed um on to our comments uh isabella can i have a shout out olivia good morning for so excited for tsunami monday uh also thomas hello everybody looking forward to today's show uh julia good morning as well arthur can you give a shout out to year six i certainly can benjamin i love this station thank you very much tell your friends let them come along lots of first-time listeners today 
Thomas, whose little brother Will, is trying his best to join in today. Do as much as you can, but above everything else, enjoy it. It's the highlight, certainly, of my day. Anyway, Bethany, so excited for Tsunami Monday, and Emma Carroll just makes it so much better. I've read letters from the lighthouse and the Somerset Tsunami and the Secrets of the Sun came. If you get in touch, please tell her I'm a big, big big fan in capital letters well she'll be listening and she will know now from you thank you so much cj read the books and really really enjoyed them rosie as well um we haven't had an update from gerald no i'll let pi do that because he's the he's the gerald he's the gerald expert <laughs> i'll then fill you in on that when he's ready uh, maggie as well emma carroll is amazing um lucy love emma carroll's books um, can I have a shout out? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Finally, for the moment, Neve also read Letters from the Lighthouse. It is one of my favourite books. A lot of love for Emma Carroll this morning, and I can understand why. Pi, back to you. Uh, well, I'm uh, yes. <laughs> I, we have news of Gerald. Yesterday, we were in the uh, back room where the boiler is, which is where he sleeps. And um, I was looking through. We've got a, a sort of wicker basket full of boots and shoes and things. And Gerald has been into my wife's got a small pair of walking boots in there and he has uh, been nibbling at the walking boots because they've got this nice um, padded foam um, bit uh, in the in the sole inside the boot. And he's been nicking bits of padded foam quite evidently in order to fur line his nest. So that's the update on Gerald. Emma, Gerald is a mouse who lives in our house and is unwelcome, um, but um, has defeated every attempt to trap uh, him so we have got an ongoing uh, problem with Gerald the Mouse uh, favourite books uh, favourite authors I love Joan Aiken, Wolves of Willoughby Chase Black Arts in Battersea I love Diana Wynne-Jones um, and I would always read a David Armand book uh, any book that he writes uh, I always buy and uh, and read him I really there's something for me, deep and mysterious and magical about his writing. Folks, we need to come out of Emma Carroll response padlet back onto the main page. Let's crack into uh, the first big padlet there, which looks rather like, um, and I suspect is a, a sort of antique type shop. Now you can click just under it where it says click here to view the padlet full screen. You can click on there. And Deputy Mitchell has said, please don't do anything until you've got your instructions. So this is about memory. This is about favorite objects or special objects in our lives. Now, they could be things that you have by your bed. Sometimes people keep have a little drawer, a place where they keep special things. Like um, I always used to keep pebbles or, or shells from when we'd been on holiday. Um, and I have a little box, a shell box with tiny shells on top of it. And that's very special to me. Um, it could be a small thing. I often find myself with a best pencil. I'm sure some of you have that. I write really well with a certain pencil. And of course, the trouble is it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't like writing with biros. I don't like writing with pens. I always write with a pencil. So I tend to have a favorite pencil at the time that I write. And then sometimes it's very big things that are significant. I was walking with my mother years ago in a wood and we found an old Roman tile. Um, and it's a very special Roman tile because it has the paw print of a cat on it. And that is a very special object. Now, if you look around the picture, you can see some objects. And let's go for some descriptive sentences here of special objects or special objects 
that you know uh, so it could be from the picture or special objects that you have in your house in the kitchen in the sitting room might be a painting um all sorts of possibilities here uh, and uh you could either write a descriptive sentence or a sentence as if that object was in a story so up goes again i click on that pink circle bottom right hand corner up it comes it says title i put in my name pi drop the cursor down to where it says write something i now write a sentence to bring alive my special um object uh, i'm going to first of all do something from the picture uh, so there are masks i can see in there uh, and I'm going to make it sound as if the mask is alive and as if this is a sentence in an exciting story. The wooden, the wooden mask's eyes were hollow. Were hollow. The wooden oak. The wooden mask's eyes, M-A-S-K. And I've got to remember to do... Oh, sorry, I'm messing around with apostrophes. The wooden mask's eyes were hollow as wells but somehow it see they seemed they seemed to be they seemed to be following me me as i moved round the room okay so i've got a special object let me reread before i uh, click on the padlet the wooden mask's eyes were hollow as wells but somehow they seemed to be following me as I moved around the room. Nice, ominous sentence. So, awaiting approval. And I've no doubt now that Deputy Mitchell can see lots and lots of um, sentences appearing. You can see everything that you write. And some of those sentences will be based on special objects in the image. And some of them will be based on special objects in your house. And you could either describe them or... Take something from your house, some special thing, and place it into a story. In other words, use what you know and use that as part of the uh, story. I think while we're doing this, do we have time for a little bit of music? I suspect we might do, Russell. How, we can probably put something together for you out of it. The house band are always standing by and Rachel doesn't mind dropping in. Shout outs after this. Looking down on cottage pie, he's got camembert and cheddar too, with Frank and Connie for his crew. But right there in the distance, a sky pilot he did spy.
Hello, my name's David Armand, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Who would have thought we'd have had our own studio house band, Rachel Orr, a Gerald Flying Mouse. Thank you so much, Rachel. Absolutely love that. It's good. We all love that as well. Uh, Good morning to Kira Archer, who's written this morning on Twitter. Thank you so much indeed. She said a while back that Kaya, and I hope I got that right, or Kaya, I'll be following radio blogging, and she's actually published some of her writing on there. Thank you so much. That's really, really good of you to do that. We're very grateful. Uh, To Maria Richards, hello. Thank you. Lovely picture of Somerset there as well. Brilliant reading. Absolutely, we love that as well. Uh, St Paul's Primary School Brunel class on week three, enjoying radio blogging. Great way for them to keep connected and write for a real audience. Exactly our thoughts too, I have to say. Uh, good morning to Boothroyd uh, Primary School there. I think it's Mrs Dyson who's the head teacher there. Hello to you. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. I hope you're enjoying the show and a very special good morning to you all there. Uh, to Year 5 teacher, uh, thank you so much indeed. Highly, We're very highly recommended today as well. I think lots and lots of people always have a look to see um, who's recommending us and we're appearing on more and more school websites as the word gets around a very good morning to team three super learners we love super learners they're recommended as well Uh, thank you so much to leslie hamill lovely to have you there reading for pleasure absolutely there is nothing better in the world thank you so much indeed ian what do you have for us Russell, thank you so much. Coming up to 26 minutes past 10 this morning. Uh, interesting, actually, Somerset, not too far away from here, um, where I am in this studio. So I'm gonna, certainly going to be reading that coming up. That's on my reading list. Raffaella is listening from home. She's got in touch. Thank you so much. Warren Road Primary, Mrs. Murrin. Shout out to Louie and Jack. Super poem performance. Thank you very much indeed. Wilfred, uh, lovely, loving the description, making uh, him feel as if it was there. Lucia, uh, lovely show. Been listening for a few days. Shout out to Frankie and Darcy for their hard work. Rayan, um, good morning to you as well. Sophie, can't wait for Emma Carroll. Her books are amazing. My grandma bought me my first one, Secret of the Sun King, about a year ago. How lovely is that? Well done you. Thank you. Toby, hi guys. Sunny but a bit windy outside. Let's hope it's not a tsunami. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope we can just consume ourselves within the book. Wendy, first time listeners, Ruby and Sam, enjoying the show. Thank you. Holly as well. Hi, everyone. Super excited for Tsunami Monday. Been listening from the start. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Well done, you. Frank, thank you so much. Just done pee with Joe. Well done. Sorted yourself out. Got yourself nice and comfortable, ready for radio blogging. Absolutely right. Radio uh, Rebecca from Brunel Class. Thank you for joining us. Wants a shout out from Miss F. Poppy and everyone listening from Brunel Class in Poynton this morning. Well done, you. Thanks for getting in touch. Bella, can I have a shout out for Stone with Woodford? Of course. Nicole at Abbey CA Academy. Lots of lovely new schools joining us. Like Russell says, we've had lots, lots of new people joining us, which is just brilliant and we love it. Thank you so much. Eliza, another school I don't recognise, Stockland Primary School all of year six would like a shout out of course you can kirat can i give a shout out to my family naveen and yuvan are listening to the show i hope i pronounced your names correctly also dean would like a shout out for p5 and 6 and our teacher mrs eltringham at skelmorley primary skelmorley regular listeners to the show of course you can also email radioblogging at gmail.com just as lorraine has done lorraine good friend of the show regular listener i know this offers so much to children wanting to learn about writing but it's also such a brilliant resource for other children's authors i can't think of anywhere else so many children's authors are interviewed and read from their work every morning 
a delight. Emma Carroll is one of my favourites. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. And it really is such a pleasure to have such talented, talented authors on the show. Let's move on with the show, though. For now, it's back to Pi Corbett. Okay, so much has been going on on the Padlets. And I want to show you a little trick about how you can use an object in order to get a story going. So I'm looking at Honora MS, and she's written a ring that my grandma got me that is called a mood ring. Now I'm going to take that mood ring, Honora, and I'm going to turn it into the beginning of a story. And I'm going to use, if I may, your name. Here we go. This is the opening sentence. Honora stared at the mood ring. It was a present that her grandma had given her many years before, and it was all, and it had always been really precious to her. But now it had turned red, and that meant danger. So we can take the things that uh, these some of these objects, and we can turn them into um, possible um, important objects within uh, a story, and. Um, so they become Mrs. Shales, for instance, the silver pocket watch ticking no more as it keeps its secrets within forever. Let's take that, Mrs. Shales, and turn that into something in a story. Um, so let's have a, a character called, I don't know, Gemma. Gemma picked up the, the Gemma picked up, not for the first time, her grandfather's silver pocket watch. It had been a gift to her. And every day she had to remember to wind it up but last night she had forgotten and the watch was ticking no more there we are beginning of a story so a lot of these are um, starting with an object an important object a possibility for a way into writing now if we come out of the padlet underneath the padlet on the main page it says comments corner so just click on that orange box and up comes um, a jotcast, this is called, and we're going to write some memories down here. David, can you just explain to everybody how the jotcast works? Yes, I can. This um, this window is a we call it a live writing window, and I can control uh, this window from my computer here in the studio. And we are going to listen to some instructions from Pi. And in the bottom of the window, you'll see an area that says add name. And you can add your first name there, getting ready. Make sure you use a capital letter. Uh, remember, everyone's going to see what you are writing. So it's important to remember the basics. And underneath where it says add name, that's where you can write your sentence. And you can submit it. And that comes through to me. And I get a lovely stream of uh, these sentences coming in. And I can then approve them through to the uh, to the main window. So everything gets checked first. And then what Pi will do is Pi will comment on these um, orally, verbally. Um, we've done this before, Pi, haven't we, where mm. we you type your responses in if you're uh, obviously not on the radio. Uh, but as we're on the radio, we can do this through audio. So Pi will give some responses to that. If there are any adults listening and you want to join in with some feedback, please do. Just put your name in and you can write you know, if it was uh, David who wrote something, you could type David, David Dash. I really like how you've written this. We'll have a think about this next bit. You can get, you can join in as well, and I will approve those as and when they come in. So uh, it's been a big success this pie so far. So the children, most of the children, know how to use it. So over to you. Okay, so we're going to launch into uh, memories, and um, we've got uh, remember memories of things that you uh, can see, can taste, can smell can touch, can hear. And I'm going to read you out some of my ones. 
and I've already posted one, David, so you can be seeing that. I remember, I remember looking at the boarded up shop windows, the empty bus shelters and grey rain haunting the seafront in Hastings. I remember looking at my budgie Charlie pecking his seeds and chatting to his mirror. I remember looking at my budgie Charlie preening his blue feathers and tapping his silver bell. I remember tasting the sudden tang of fizzy lemonade for the first surprising time. I remember tasting the sand in the sandwiches and the hot bite of tea on a cold seaside day. I remember smelling petrol in a can hidden in a dark barn and forbidden. I remember the soft mystery of my first ever peach. I remember the knotted fur on Ali the dog and trying to untangle it. I remember touching the cold bony hand of my grandmother and being surprised. I remember listening to the television mumbling below my room at night. I remember listening to my cat's contented purr. I remember listening to stories and poems as my dad read to me tucked up in bed late at night. I remember listening now to my own memories. And so already we've got them coming in, David. Sachin, the smell of traveling on a brand new A319. Is that the road, Sachin? Not sure about that. Um, the smell of traveling. That's an interesting one. Jenny, the hoot of the owl as it flies in the woods on chilly autumn nights while we sit by the table having dinner. See if you can capture what that hoot sounds like, Jenny. Um, uh, really hard to do. James, I remember standing on a rickety wooden ladder as I helped my dad paint the slowly disintegrating windows. It was messy, but I felt safe. Nice little memory. That would make a good start to a story. I remember when life was normal. See if you can capture a specific one uh, there. What was the best thing, Sachi, that you were that you remember that you really enjoyed doing? See if you can capture it in a sentence. Devon, I remember the moon when it was a rather pale crimson. You do get that uh, occasionally, don't you? It, recently, the moon has been a beautiful peachy goldy colour. Sachin, I remember the feeling of hunger at the most annoying time. Tell me, name it, Sachin. Tell me what that most annoying time was. And what was it you wanted to eat? That will bring the sentence alive even more powerfully. Bethany, I remember tasting the tang. Love that idea of tasting the tang. You can hear that alliteration adding to it there. Of a sour amber tangerine and pulling a shriveled face. Ooh, sounds as if it was a bit sharp. Miss Hall, I remember the whistle as I let out the last breath of air before entering my new school. Oh, I like that. That's the beginning of a story, Miss Hall. Getting your main character standing outside the gate, holding their breath before they go in that's a great start for a story using your own life in order to create lucas i remember the first headbutt off my cap i remember the first time listening to this show i remember these wonderful things i'm so glad you're enjoying it lucas thank you isla i remember pleading for a pet by doing a powerpoint <laughs> lots of peas in there isla what pet was it what did you really want that's what we mean by name it try and be specific because it brings it alive for the reader neve i remember smelling the fresh air when i went to heacham a couple of years ago i remember tasting the creaminess of the delicious ice cream you could name that what sort of ice cream would you have neve just name it and that'll bring it alive even more ah sachin it's an aircraft ah gotcha Rachel, I remember Sherry, my ginger cat, sitting on my knee, helping me to forget the sad events of the day. Yes, uh, we've uh, I've always had cats, um, but sadly we don't have one anymore. Uh, but I know exactly what you mean, Rachel. Ella, 
I remember the songs of birds outside my bedroom window every single morning. Yes, they're making a lot of noise. They're very happy, the birds at the moment. Which birds would you name as being uh, one to put into uh, a story? Lily, I remember eating octopus legs at a fancy restaurant and <laughs> spitting it out. Oh, what a great memory that one is. Bebop, I remember how proud I felt when I read my first chapter book. Yes, that's always a big moment. Mrs. James is responding back there to James. I like your last sentence. It was messy, but I felt safe. You've added a negative and a positive. That's interesting when we do that. Mr. Walker, uh, Devon, Crimson is a great way to describe the moon. Do you, do you need the word rather? Oh, that's interesting. So Mr. Walker's encouraging you there to trim the sentence. Sometimes we overwrite by using too many words. I don't know. Charlotte, I remember the taste of bonfire night, the fire pit taste mixed with sticky treacle. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Lovely, lovely, Charlotte. Adam, I remember sitting on the warm metallic bench waiting for the 51 bus to Cheltenham, scanning through the vivid graffiti littering the shelter. Mm, we're great if you could quote one um uh there adam uh, as long as it's something that you can write <laughs> lucy i remember listening to my parents laughing below me while i tried to get to to sleep I th yeah I, um i can remember that as well hearing the chatter and a lovely lovely thing to remember lucy kira i remember my brother and i playing hide and seek and getting lost in dark woods then can you name the wood that would bring it alive kira and add to it because what you can do with these of course is you can always i mean there are hundreds of these it's a fantastic you can always copy and then re uh and re edit and repost um uh we, we, um I, ava i remember watching my grandpa sitting in the old wooden chair eating his favorite boiled sweets and lovely memory of grandpa abigail i remember when i found a whole perfect shell on holiday Remember smelling the sea, waking up on holiday somewhere different. I remember when I was a baby and my cat guarded my cot. We have to be very careful with cats and babies, don't you? Mrs. James Rose, well done for being specific. Empty husks. Lovely to get some response back from adults. Well done, everybody. Remind me of my son's budgie. Look at your writing again. Can you spot a spelling area? Yeah, it's so important to reread um, uh, our writing as we go along. Um, we've done this many times and you know that even the adults... Mr. Walker, he, he forgot a capital letter on one occasion. It's easily done. Well, that is going fast and frantic, David. I think we need to come out to that so we can now, we've tuned ourselves up. Everybody, if you come out from the jock cast, and now we go to the final bit. And just under comments corner, it says memory writing. Click on that there. And here is actually my whole poem. It's called Remembering. And what I've done is I've used an ing word, a verb, at the front. So I've got a batch of lookings, a batch of tastings, smelling, touching, and listening. And um, underneath it, you can see where you put your title and your name. And underneath that, you can see where you write your list poem. Fill in the bits at the bottom. And then right at the very bottom of the page, that's where you can perform and record your own writing but first of all i would jot my poem down in an, my notebook i'd edit it because it's easy to edit it easier uh, when you're writing by pencil then practice reading it aloud when it's great then blog it and then you can record it i just uh, i've read most of these but i'll read a few of these that i didn't read out looking so i'll start rem this is so remembering looking at the street lights broken reflection on rainy pavements, 
looking at frost pots blossoming beneath apple trees, tasting the salt of bacon curled crisp from the grill, tasting the thick sweet crunch of sugar crusted on a lardy cake, smelling the soft mystery of my first ever peach, smelling the block drains, the dampness of earth and the hot stink of the goat's shed, touching the icy railings on a wintry morning, feeling the cold stick, listening to the television mumbling below my room at night, listening to the sharp screech of brakes as a car halts, listening. Now, what you could do to get a little chorus and rhythm Read the verses slowly and distinctly and carefully, pronouncing each word with care, savouring your ideas. And then you could build in a rhythm. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking into my past. I'm tasting, I'm tasting, I'm tasting from my past. I'm smelling, I'm smelling, I'm smelling from my past. I don't know, I made that up off the top of my head. But you could get a little chorus in. And then, David, do you want to say something just about the extension task at the bottom where they can record? Yes. It's one of our favourite uh, parts of the show. Well, in terms of uh, behind the scenes is when we get some of these uh, performances put in and we listen to them and uh, approve them because, remember, everything's approved first. And so this is a chance for you to get some of your writing read out by you performed onto the show tomorrow. And all you need to do is you'll see there's a player and you can click play and it will give you some instructions on how to perform or what you need to do on the Padlet to perform your writing. Some tips from us would be to practice. Practice before you get to that point. So you're happy, do it in the mirror if you want to, or, or just out loud, or do it to somebody. And then follow those instructions. And it doesn't mean, once you've done it, it doesn't mean that version goes live. You can play it back and listen to it. If you're happy with it, you can submit that. If you're not happy with it, you can click to record again. And so uh, Russell is very talented at adding some of the little jingles that you hear so he'll do all the the tinkering around with your audio ready to open the show tomorrow and the feedback we've had from people when they've uh, when they've heard their own performance opening the show is uh, a feeling of uh, such excitement uh, in the house so have a go at that uh, be brave and uh, see what you can come up with Mm, fantastic yes i'm looking forward to hearing those uh, two or three of those to tomorrow so um get writing uh, the only other thing to say is if you've got something else that you want to blog and perform then uh, particularly to do with the objects or to do with memories or taking a favorite object and turning it into perhaps the opening of a story do go for that what, what whatever has been triggered today then use that and record that we like to hear that with the voices so great show russell and tomorrow we have burley doherty on with us and she's reading from um street child uh, a, a book which many many children will have had particularly if you do some work on victorian times really exciting story really looking forward to it russell over to you to wind up tsunami monday indeed thank you very much we are a little over time of course and i'm just looking at the stats here two and a half thousand words on the jot cast this morning folks well done congratulations the last time we used jot class we only had 1500 so you have exceeded that by a thousand congratulations absolutely amazing uh ian what shout outs have you got finally for us today thank you russell yeah just a few to wind up here anna shout out for year six at bridgeford junior school olivia uh i'm 
Hi, uh, I'm only four years old listening to radio blogging and it's my first day listening. Shout out to Miss Mallon as well. Miss Hitchman, good morning to everyone at West Leonard's Primary Academy. Hope you're keeping well and enjoying the show. Thank you very much. And finally, Layla, please may I have a shout out to me and my sister Zara. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for listening. And with the time at uh, 16 minutes to 11 o'clock, it's back to wrestle to close the show. Indeed it is. Thank you so much for listening. We have so enjoyed just things to remember this week. We have a very special Australian show. We've been asked by our very few, we have just a few listeners in Australia. It's quite late in the evening for them to join us when we broadcast here. So we're getting up extra early this Thursday morning at 6.30am. I know it's a shocker, but we're going to cope for it. We're going to cope <laughs> with it. 6.30 we're going to be here. You're very welcome if you just happen to be available to join us very welcome to show our australian listeners around the site you can join us if you would like to as well and we've also got a new button on the website radio blogging products to purchase have a look at that folks if you want to find out about having something bespoke for your own school or academy or multi-academy trust thank you so much for listening hope you enjoyed us whatever you're doing stay safe follow the guidance mm-hmm. and we'll catch you tomorrow at 9 30 yo yo what up this is lunch money lewis hey Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. Oh, yeah.